Today's service, nobody likes to be the foreigner. Nobody likes to be the outsider. And God makes a point to say, here in his house, nobody is. And we hear how he draws the foreigner to himself. Order of service is found on screen and in your worship folder at this time. We begin with our opening hymn. And please note, it's verses 1, 2, 4, and 5 if you're following in the bulletin. love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Let us bend our hearts before our holy and loving God, confessing our sins with honesty and faith.
holy God, you see past our pretenses, straight into our hearts. The fault lines of our sin are so clear to you. With trembling, we do not hide our sins from you, but confess them. Lord, forgive the evil that lurks so deep within us. For Jesus' sake, also forgive the sinful choices and habits that have come from us. Do not let us be strangers and foreigners to you. God hasn't been a stranger to you. He sent his son Jesus Christ for you. He is the Holy One who lived obediently to God. He also took to himself all sin by his cross. Through faith he gives you his full work and covers you in his righteousness. Because of Jesus, all your sins have been removed. You are not a stranger, but family, a royal priesthood of believers made of all tribes and nations. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Grace is found, is where you Brothers and sisters, guard the good deposit of saving faith that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So teach my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my Yes. 
Gracious God, in Christ, you bring people from near and far into the fellowship of your church. Open our eyes to your saving plan. Move us to embrace all who seek your salvation, so that we may rejoice together at the banquet of your love through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. First lesson is from Isaiah chapter 56, selected verses, and it serves as a basis for the sermon. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right. For my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants... All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and who hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Sovereign Lord declares, He who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. This is the word of the Lord. Continue with the psalm of the day. i 
second lesson from Ephesians 2, certainly the Jews were God's chosen people of the Old Testament, but here Paul reveals that the gospel always had wider use. God always intended it to go beyond the Jews to the whole world, to us today. We read, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The word of the Lord. Gospel is taken from Matthew 15. Here Jesus is reminding this woman that his specific call, his ministry jurisdiction was to the lost sheep of Israel. And that's why he really didn't go outside of Israel to all of the Gentile areas. Jesus had a specific purpose and yet you still see his mercy that even he understands what this woman does, that his grace is still for all. We read, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. The gospel of the Lord. be seated for the hymn.
Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, the one who makes us one, Jesus Christ. Fellow believers in him. For over 400 years, Israel was in slavery in Egypt. And after the tenth plague finally came, God led the people out. They crossed the Red Sea. They traveled for two to three months all the way over through the desert to a mountain range called Sinai. And I want you to envision all maybe two million people gathered in that mountain range, somewhere in there. Grandparents, fathers, mothers, children, little babies. And there above that mass of two, two million people, God made his presence known. You need to hear this. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Mount Sinai was covered in smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The whole mountain trembled violently. The sound of the trumpet grew louder when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet, and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance. They said to Moses, speak to us yourself, but do not have God speak to us, or we will die. I think it's safe to say that the people gathered there, all two million of them, did not feel close to God. Doesn't that seem a little contradictory? He just led them out of Egypt. He just led them all the way across two to three months by pillar of fire and pillar of cloud. And here, they trembled. They were afraid. They wanted to get away. I I mean, it's one thing if grandparents and parents, there was a crack of thunder um, and lightning right outside my, my house, it seemed like the other day, and it just sent shivers, just... But imagine an intense, ongoing thing like that at Sinai, and now you've got the children. I imagine all of the babies were screaming. Mount Sinai was scary. God came close to the people, and the people wanted nothing to do with God in a sense. They wanted to get as far away as possible. Have you ever felt that? You don't have to be at Mount Sinai to feel distant from God. You don't have to be in a scary place to feel distant from God. Actually, you could be right here. Somebody could come to church, walk through those doors, and sit in one of these pews anywhere in this room and still feel distant from God. It could be in the good old U.S. of A. You could be in a town that you know that you've grown up with where you know three-quarters of the people. And in spite of being familiar with the land, being familiar with most of the people, you could still feel like you don't fit. And maybe you feel a little resentment towards God because he's the one who directed your life to this place or to be where you are and to the day that you're living. You don't have to be somebody who crosses a national border to be considered a foreigner. 
You know what you have to do? All you have to do is cross God. Go beyond the boundary of his Ten Commandments. Pass beyond that line in the sand of his holiness and enter into the realm of sin and you'll feel it. You will feel distant from God. You will feel that he's off in the distance and you're off in your own place. Isaiah 56 is where our lesson comes in. And before we get to Isaiah 56, you need to hear something that happened three chapters prior. Isaiah is one of these masterful writers. And it's all God's word. Everything he wrote, all 66 chapters. But he has this way of weaving things together. And three chapters before Isaiah 56, he revealed to the people of Israel, Isaiah 53, and he said this. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace, meaning peace with God, was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. He's talking about Jesus. 700 years before Jesus came, he's revealing to the people everything Jesus would come and do. God sent his son into this world, not just to tell you how distant you are from God, how your sin puts you way at arm's length from God, way off in the distance, and, and that it's your fault and that it's my fault. Jesus came here to be sin for us. Jesus came here to wear your sin for you by going to a cross. Jesus came to die the horrible death that you and I deserve. You ever felt distant from God? You ever felt like you wanted to get away? God actually, factually, made Jesus distant. On the cross, God turned his back on his son. And Jesus expressed it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus didn't just feel distance from God. He was distant from God. He was suffering that awful separation of hell. And he endured it with an incredible result. A tremendous result that now God has made Jesus by this life, by his death, by his resurrection, God has made Jesus this incredible oasis of salvation, this place where anybody gets to come to. And Jesus promises. He offers to each weary, sinful traveler, and he gives for free the forgiveness of all sins. This is something incredible. This is something amazing that the holy God who by his holiness stays separate from sinners would send his only son in love and mercy to draw sinners back to him and to bring them back to him that they can come near and draw close to him in his son. And in Jesus, 
you are close to him. Now Isaiah 56, because of Isaiah 53 and the setting down of the gospel and letting the whole church of God see what God is going to do for people, Isaiah says this, he says, maintain justice and do what is right. I know a couple of lawyers in the United States and they've shared with me a number of their courtroom antics and trials that have happened and when we get together we talk about these things and jury selection and all of this stuff. United States law is kind of a fascinating thing. It's very unpredictable. There's one case that somebody told me that he had all of his ducks in a row. He had everything from his client. The client had done everything in line with the law and he had this case airtight and he presented his case in court and he lost. Why? Because you have no idea what kind of judge you're going to get. You have no idea if the judge is going to try to make a name for himself. You have no idea if the judge is going to try to find a loophole. You have no idea if the judge is going to legislate from the bench. You have no idea. In fact, even Jesus in the gospel says, try to settle these things outside of court. It's better for you if you do that. You have no idea what's going to happen once you get to court. But you know what's going to happen every time in the court of God. That day is coming near. You know exactly how the judge is going to treat you for Jesus' sake. You know exactly what God has done, that he's declared you right. And so he leads you on the basis of the gospel to maintain justice. What's he talking about? He's talking about God's justice. What God says is right and not to do what God says is wrong. Do what God says is right. Put his will into practice. Even if the world is going the other way, and the world certainly is, and they're doing what they think is fun, and it doesn't matter if it's wrong in God's sight, don't follow them. You do what God says. Because God is close to you. Don't let his will be a foreign thing to you. Honor the commandments. Maintain justice and do what is right. For the sake of the gospel. It says, Isaiah wrote this to Jews, and it said, The sovereign Lord declares, He who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. This is a beautiful section. And I know I keep referencing Isaiah 56, and we only have four verses here. But understand the whole context of these four verses. It's for outsiders. It's for foreigners. It's for people who felt distant from God and who actually were distant from God in the Old Testament, especially because they weren't a part of the chosen people, the Jews. And so this is written to them. And what God is saying is, this was always intended for you. You were included in this. God's plan in the Old Testament, and he testified about this to the Jews, is that he always intended to have a full house. And that doesn't mean a crammed house, but that the house of God and the house of his people would always be filled with people from all over, not just a little select group. And so God's plan of salvation always included a foreign concept, that you were a part of it, that God wanted you in it, that God didn't want you distant, but he wanted to draw you close that the forgiveness of sins that he won in Jesus Christ meant the forgiveness of your sins. Please 
don't think lightly of that. Please don't let this become a, a, a taken for granted kind of thing. God's mercy, it's for foreigners, the fatherless, the alien, the widow, the outsider. It's for the despondent, the despairing. It is for the distant. And I understand it. You have a heart like mine and you understand sin and grace. When you and I get into sin still, because we're still in a sinful world, we feel that tension between our sin and our holy God. He doesn't lose his holiness ever. But the whole point of this, these lessons today is God has a solution. The solution that you know is Jesus Christ and in his court that doesn't change. It's for you. Completely. You want to see how far God's grace goes? We skipped four verses. And I think, I mean, we, men or people create these readings. And so they selected these four just for a point to tie in with these other two lessons. But these four verses are kind of interesting. Do you know what they mention in these four verses? If you really want to see how far God's grace goes, it mentions eunuchs. Now, somebody in the Old Testament could become a eunuch one of several ways, but the main way you become a eunuch in the Old Testament, most likely, is by surgery. Do you know of people today who feel distant from God? Do you know of people today who feel distant from God because of their sin? Do you know people today who are distant from God because they're doing surgeries to their own bodies? Changing things they don't need to change. But they're hurting and they're trying to find a solution for it. And I'm not excusing it. I understand what they're trying to do. And they may not regret that decision today. But maybe that person does tomorrow. You see, God's grace is still for them. It's for eunuchs. It's for people who do damage to their own body. That they bring sin even into their own lives. God's grace is even for people like that. It's for all sinners. And it's incredible when God does such an incredible thing, when he lays out and lavishes this kind of miracle and mercy and forgiveness and grace on people. And he comes close to you in Jesus Christ. Then come close to him. There are some of us here, and there are many not here, who are taking the gift of being able to come close to Jesus for granted. What do I mean? Isaiah says it. Foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord, meaning for the sake of the gospel, they love the Lord and they come close to him. Foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants. All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it. And who hold fast to my covenant. Now, in Isaiah, he's talking about those who worship on Saturday. That's the Sabbath in the Old Testament. And when he talks about keeping the covenant, he's talking about the Mosaic law, what Moses brought down the mountain and brought to the people. He's talking about keeping all of the sacrifices and doing everything God commanded in the Old Testament. So he's talking about honoring Saturday worship. And he's talking about doing all of the sacrifices. But we know better in the New Testament that Jesus fulfilled these things. He kept the commandments, including the Sabbath. And he kept the sacrifices. And he honored the Lord perfectly through them. And then he gave his life as the ultimate one. It ended it all. He fulfilled all of these things. 
And so Jesus is the culmination of this, the answer to it. Those who keep this, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy. In the New Testament, keep the Sabbath. Do you know what that means? It means go to church. Keep the Sabbath means make God's house a priority. The preaching of his word, Bible study, the sacraments. Do not take these things for granted. One of the easiest things a Christian can do today is to put their faith into practice and to demonstrate they love God is by coming to his house. Here's where Jesus is. Here's where his saving name is proclaimed. Here's where it's shared with grandparents and parents and kids and the crying babies. Because it's for you. Going on vacation, good for you. I'm, I'm thankful for that. Go to church. Find a Wells church. Find an ELS church. Going camping in, in no man's land. I understand that. Some like that. Good for you. I have 20 years of sermons. I can print one off and give one to you. You have an iPad. You can download a video of a, a former service from our website and you can have it right there and you can share it with the family. Do you have guests over for the weekend and you're playing host? Don't keep away from church then. Be a great host and say, come on over to my church. Hear the saving name of Jesus. Guests don't want to come to church. I understand that can happen too. Then let God be your host as he invites you over to his house. Go to church. Draw near to the Lord. This is the will of God for you still in the New Testament. Not to honor a specific day like Saturday, but to hear the word, but to hear your Savior. Draw close to Jesus. Keep the Sabbath. This is his incredible will for you. God's lesson today is about being a, uh, it's foreign, a foreign concept. The whole point today is he doesn't want you to be foreign. You aren't foreign. In Jesus Christ, you belong to him. Amen. Please stand. We join together in confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for prayer. Lord God, our maker and preserver, we praise and thank you for all that you give us day after day. 
You have given us your precious word to nourish our souls and to protect us from the temptations of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would shield us from every kind of danger, sudden catastrophe, terrors of crime, and the pain of disease. Watch over those who travel by land, sea, and air. Keep our loved ones from whatever perils may threaten them. Bless our land, our people, and those who hold offices of high trust. Keep our government and schools upright and strong for the advancement of good citizenship and useful vocations, that we may enjoy your gifts of peace, security, and well-being. over our comings and goings as Mary Athorpe leaves tomorrow for Costa Rica for three months. Watch over her travels, her life, her time there, and give her a safe return and bless her in all that she does. As well this week, a, a lot of schools are starting. Uh, bless all of them, Lord, the students, the teachers, and especially ours here that starts Wednesday. Watch over the teachers, the parents, the students, and make it a wonderful place where people learn, all nations learn that you are gracious and welcome foreigners by the gospel to your side. Hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. bring these requests before you in the name of Jesus, our Lord, and ask you to hear us. Take all that we have, our bodies and minds, our time and skills, our ministries and offerings, and use them to your glory. And we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever.
Lord God, our Heavenly Father, pour out the Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us strong in your grace and truth. Protect and comfort us in all temptation. And bestow on us your saving peace through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another and serve your Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. here, especially guests and visitors. We love having you come. Please worship the Lord with us again. Uh, just a side comment, if you're wondering, I, I enjoy preaching from the middle here, but why do I stand back there sometimes? I'm going to be gone Monday for, uh, I have to go to Martin Luther College in Minnesota, and I'm going to get back late. Pastor Bodie's going to do the service, so they're going to have to show the video, and it's much easier for them to record me back there than it is if I'm going like this. So, uh, let's see. This is the wrong note. Here it is. A couple of announcements for you. School opening service, Pastor Bodie wanted me to mention, is this Wednesday at 8 a.m. All of you are invited if you'd like to come. Uh, what, a, what a neat opening day that will be for the school. 
Sunday School registration is open. That link is on our website. Please check that out for your children uh, to sign them up. Child care is available today, uh, meaning during the Bible study hour, family hour that's coming up. And that will be all the way down in the 3K room. So the 3K room, which is that? We don't have room uh, ID tags yet. So that's the second room on the right, uh, the second classroom, the newly built classrooms uh, in the new edition. So 3K room, second room on the right. Uh, Bible study is going to be in church. And then one final announcement today is uh, the Evangelism Committee still has uh, some room for taking photos. They're going to take some this afternoon, but they have a window from 2.30 to 3.30 where they have some openings. So if you haven't had your photo, family photo taken yet, uh, feel free to sign up for that. And there are people from the Evangelism Committee out in the Narthex happy to help you with that. The next date for photos, if I have this correct, is September 10th. So if you can get it in today, uh, they'd love to have that. Otherwise, it'll be in September. Those are the announcements I have. Anything? Jim, Jim has something. Come on down, Jim. This is our treasurer, Jim Van Alstein.